Episode 3, The Room Month, Mike chapter 7, verse 18 through 20. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread out our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. I just watched yesterday evening a, a little segment from CNN. don't usually watch CNN, but this one was interesting. It was an interview with Andrew Cuomo, who is the uh, governor of New York. he probably seen him a lot with the whole coronavirus coverage. But anyway, he said something that really struck my interest when they were talking about the progress of the coronavirus and New York doing uh, ostensibly better, he said, God did not do this, uh, we did this, and then kind of went on to address some of the, the work of the, the health field and the medical professional and things of that nature. And I had just wondered, it really made me cringe when I heard that. And that's not the only time that I've heard something like that. I hear that kind of stuff from... Uh, people at school and professors and atheists that I meet. Every single time I want to hide underneath the table or the chair because I'm just so afraid that God is going to completely strike those people down. But oftentimes you don't necessarily see that. But you do see that in the Old Testament where God does strike. Uh, well, you do see that in the New Testament as well. We're going to get to that in a minute. But throughout the prophets, God is sending all of these prophets to these people to plead with them in these regions to repent and turn back to the Lord. But in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 5, we find the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And it starts out, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and bought a part of it and oh brought a part of it excuse me and laid it at the apostles feet but peter said ananias why has satan filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the lamb while it remained unsold did it not remain your own and after it was sold was it not at your disposal why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart you have not lied to man but to god and when ananias heard these words he fell down and breathed his last and great fear came over all who heard it. That's me, the part where the great fear comes over when somebody does something like that. Verse 6, The young man rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. And after an interval, about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for, this, for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. When the young man came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her besides, beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. I think it's important that that's in the New Testament, so you're not necessarily drawing distinctions between Old Testament God and New Testament God. However, 
when Andrew Cuomo said those words, that's what I felt like. I was like, man, God's just going to strike him down. But I want to draw upon uh, some other characteristics of God. And it does say in Galatians 6, 7 that God is not mocked. And I think that provides a warning for those people to not necessarily don't want to don't want to be testing the Lord on that. Uh, don't want to be stiff-necked, but also I think that God is uh, very loving and patient, kind, and desiring of all uh, to come to repentance. And we're going to jump to Second Peter three nine, which says that. Hold on. Second Peter three nine says the Lord is slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient towards you not wi- the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish but all should come to repentance and that's what the Micah passage talks about as well um, Revelation 2.21 gives us a depiction of the church Mm, let's see I gave her time to repent but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality and this is this is where we're at right now when we think of God giving time to repent of certain things I think that's what he has done that's what he has done. Now, there's a quote by Ravi Zacharias I'm going to share with you. And it goes, God knows how to humble us without humiliating us. And I believe that's what he's done throughout this coronavirus. I think what he's doing is he's humbling us without humiliating us. And people like Andrew Cuomo, who shake their fist at God and say, well, I'm just going to do what I want and you're not going to... God God didn't do any of this. Man, I just think it's testing the Lord in his patience. And it, it draws upon Romans 2, 4, and 5 of the coming judgment, which suggests that, again, I'm flipping. Give me a second. Yeah, Romans 2, 4, and 5. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, or Cuomo, uh, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. It seems like we're abusing some of that patience that God has. He wants us to repent, and yet, we're not necessarily doing that. At least our leaders that quote-unquote represent us are not necessarily doing that. They're looking to their own strength to do those types of things. To say, well, I'm the one who has fixed this. Our medical professional and Dr. Anthony Fauci and, and the other people. And that is, well, 
that's kind of spitting in the face of God. But God is still patient. He's still patient. In Hosea, chapter 14. Or let's start with uh, Amos. Amos, chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. In that day I will raise up the booth of David that has fallen and repair its breaches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treasure of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. I'll restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Also, Joel chapter 2. Verses 18 through 27. Give you a little bit of that. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. What about uh, Jonah in chapter 3? the very end when god saw what they did how they turned from their evil way god relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he didn't do it there are some other examples uh zephaniah chapter 3 14 uh verse 14 and on malachi uh, chapter 3 16 through 18 hosea chapter 14 or chapter 11 and i covered the other ones so god does uh, a lot as time to repent and he's not tolerant of sin but he's so gracious to give us some of the time and so what if we considered like the quarantine month a month of god's graciousness and his kindness the point is is that when god gives us an opportunity to repent we need to take him up on that offer i think that's what he's done he's given us an opportunity this entire month to repent of being proud uh, sexual immorality, everything else that our culture struggles with. We need to take him up on that offer. But what have we actually done with this whole month? Well, we've watched movies, we've played games, we've eaten like gluttons, complained about our situations for sure. But have we repented? Do we make it a daily habit to repent of sins? Do we ask God to reveal sins that uh, we struggle with? that we can't think of, bring to heart things? Do we ask God for opportunities to repent and grow closer to Him? I think it's just time that we repent with the time that God has given. So, if we are thankful for the mercy of God that He grants, He hasn't struck us dead. He's taken our job, some of them at least. He's uh, got our attention for sure. He's uh, taken away some of our friendships, or at least seeing friends in person, seeing family in person, but he hasn't taken our lives. And so he's being very merciful, even if it doesn't seem that way. 
but we need to capitalize upon that time that he gives us with a sense of humility and definitely repentance. That's my quick take. Now it's your turn. What do you think? What did I miss? Any other verses or chapters or ideas? Uh, do you think that I'm correct? Well, now's, now's your time to look into those things. I'm Max, and this has been, you know it, Snacking and Scripture.